Are you dreaming of visiting Switzerland? Planning a trip to Switzerland is very exciting, but it can also be overwhelming. How do you choose which of the many scenic cities, towns and villages to visit? Which mountaintop excursions should you take? And what's the best way to get around Switzerland? And of course, how much of the country can you realistically see within your time frame? If you've asked yourself any of these questions, this is the podcast for you. This is the Holidays to Switzerland travel podcast, and in each episode, your host Carolyn Schonefinger chats with Swiss travel experts to answer your most commonly asked questions, provide practical tips, and take you on a virtual visit to the most popular destinations, and of course some hidden gems, to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland. And you'll hear plenty of conversations about Swiss cheese and chocolate too. Are you ready to plan your trip to Switzerland? Well, let's get started. Grüezi, and welcome to episode 64. Today, we'll be taking a virtual ride on one of Switzerland's most famous trains, the Glacier Express. This iconic train journey connects the resorts of St. Moritz and Zermatt, passing through some of Switzerland's most spectacular scenery along the way. It's a bucket list trip for many visitors to Switzerland and is one of the most discussed train rides in the Switzerland Travel Planning Facebook group. With so much interest around the Glacier Express, I invited Gabi Abali from Matterhorn Gotthard Railway back onto the podcast. Gabi was a guest on episode 51, where she chatted about the Gornagrat Railway in our episode about Matterhorn excursions from Zermatt. Gabi is just as passionate about the Glacier Express as she is about Gornagrat, so I know you're going to get a lot of helpful information from this episode. If you've ever dreamt of travelling on the Glacier Express, or you're just wondering what all the fuss is about, you won't want to miss this episode. Before we get started, as always, I'd like to say a huge thank you to the lovely folks from Switzerland Tourism, sponsors of the podcast. Their website, myswitzerland.com, is packed with tips and inspiration to help with your Switzerland trip planning. So do go and take a look. If you need a natural trophy, you need Switzerland. Now, let's hear from Garby and learn all about the Glacier Express. Welcome, Garby. Thank you very much for coming back onto the podcast. It's uh, lovely to have you here. And for those people who haven't heard you on episode 51, where you told us all about the Gornagrat excursion at Zermatt, could you introduce yourself and just tell us a little bit about what you do? Hello, Caroline. Thank you for having me back. Yes, and of course, I can tell you a little bit about what I'm doing. I'm working at Matterhorn Gotthardbahn, which is a regional train company. And Matterhorn Gotthardbahn co-owns Glacier Express together with Ration Railway 5050. I'm right now responsible for the markets of Japan, North America and Australia and uh, representing Gornagreitbahn and Glacier Express there. Doing this since about, I think, eight years now. Wonderful. So two of probably the most scenic train rides in Switzerland and you get to represent both of them. That's a pretty good job. It is. When I talk about what I'm doing to people, they usually tell me, how can I get your job or where do I apply? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. So we're here today to talk about the Glacier Express and it is probably one of the most famous train rides in the whole world, I'd say, not only in, in Switzerland. So I know a lot of our listeners will have heard of the Glacier Express, but they 
possibly don't know a whole lot about it. So could you tell us more about this famous train ride? Of course. So the Glacier Express is one of the, I would say, four panoramic train rides within Switzerland. Glacier Express connects the two resorts of St. Moritz, which is very well known, with Zermatt in a direct train ride. The train ride itself takes about eight hours and carries the guests through changing sceneries, various different areas, actually from the higher parts of uh, St. Moritz and Zermatt, um, over the overall pass, the highest peak within the ride, which is about 2,000 meters high, and also down to two valleys, meaning that you get all kinds of changing sceneries when you're traveling on board of the train. Plus, you do have food service at your seat, which makes it even more enjoyable when you're doing the whole stretch. And as I said, Glacier Express is part of uh, the panoramic trains of Switzerland. So the other trains would be the Bernina Express, the Golden Path Line, and the Gotthard Panoramic Express, uh, just to mention them as well. Wonderful. So eight hours from St. Moritz to Zermatt with all that beautiful scenery going past your panoramic window. And I believe that the train is actually nicknamed the world's slowest express train. That's right. And I did some research lately, or actually yesterday, and found out that when it started, it was in 1930, the connection between St. Moritz and Zermatt was really looked at as being an express train because you don't have to change. And obviously, in the 1930s, going via regional trains from one resort to the other would have taken even more time. This is not the case any longer, meaning um, the train covers a stretch of uh, roughly 300 kilometers and the average um, travel speed, or well, not really speed, uh, the train is kind of slow because of all the ups and downs and and uh, going through valleys and uh, going through tunnels. And uh, so the average um, speed is actually 30 kilometers per hour. And uh, this is the reason why it takes eight hours to go from one place to the other, which is nowadays no longer a fast express train. Uh, it's actually one of the lowest, slowest express trains we do have in Switzerland. But what a beautiful journey. And I was actually looking up a, a few facts about the Glacier Express too before we started chatting. And I was interested to hear that it crosses 291 bridges and goes through 91 tunnels on the on the trip. And the longest tunnel is just over 15 kilometres long. So you certainly get the variety, as you said, it goes into the valleys, it goes over the Ulberalp Pass at um, 2,000 metres. So there's a bit of everything. Yeah, that's right. What I found interesting, I actually heard a pod podcast myself lately about the Glacier Express from another tour operator, and he mentioned that the 291 bridges, and I thought, no, that's the distance. He's mixing up something. And then I looked it up and realized it's actually the same number. So bridges and stretch uh, or kilometers is the same number. And uh, yeah, it's really interesting. And especially if you maybe a little bit into you know, um, construction and how did they build everything? It's a really interesting trip as well. And when you're just sitting on the train and enjoying your ride, you just have all kinds of, of changing sceneries outside of your window because it's so diverse where you're traveling through. And this is a great thing to do. Uh, yeah. When you want to get from A to B and not just get on a train. 
Yeah, absolutely. So what would you say are some of the highlights of the of the trip and, and the, perhaps the main reason that, that some people like to, to take the journey? We already, or I have already mentioned that the scenery, of course, is changing all the time. And the view is, of course, of course spectacular. Then you have the possibility to eat and drink some local dishes on board of the train. And they're all served when you are sitting at your, your seat. There are also a couple of landmarks, I would say, you would travel over or you pass by. Let's start in St. Moritz. St. Moritz is well known as a resort, a ski resort, actually. St. Moritz is one of the first highlights where you get on board of the train, of course. From there, you travel along the UNESCO World Heritage, World Heritage Site of the Albula Line, which belongs to Ration Railway. And within this World Heritage Area is the Landwasser Viaduct which is quite famous and you see it very often when you see promotional material for Glacier Express. That's the bridge where you see the train just on the bridge because it comes from one tunnel and goes into the next tunnel and the bridge is really high. So the Landwasser Viaduct is the next highlight. From there, you reach the oldest city of Switzerland, which is Chur. In Chur, actually, the train direction changes. So what was front becomes back and the other way around. And the next highlight you enter would be the Rhine Gorge, where you, well, the Swiss refer to it as the, as the Grand Canyon of Switzerland, which is in a way true, but it's not as impressive and not as big. But the train is the only means of transportation which is traveling through this gorge. And when you see pictures, you hardly see the train because it's really, really big and it's very impressive. From there, we travel via Decentis, which has a huge monastery. You can't, unfortunately, visit because the train is not really stopping there. But in Decentis, we change the locomotives then because from there on, we use the cogwheel system to get up to the overall path, which would be the next highlight. The overall path is 2,000 meters high, roughly, and that's the highest point you get with the with a train ride, a regular train service, and you reach really high altitude. And by the way, it's not a problem if you think high altitude is not for me. You hardly feel it because the train is so slow. It's not a problem to get to the 2,000 meters. From there, um, the next stop, are we going actually down in, in curves and, and turns to Andermatt, which becomes right now a new hub for getting on and off the Glacier Express and either move on to the southern part of Switzerland or going up to the northern part like Lucerne, Interlaken and Zurich. Or you could interrupt the train ride there um, after like four hours. Moving on through the Goms Valley, which is a very typical Swiss valley still. You have a lot of farms there. You see a lot of cows. Um, you see farmers uh, with their daily work. You see little villages. You see um, old churches is very, very nice to travel up there. And from there, um, the next stop is Brick, which is again down in the valley. It's about 500 meters high. And then it's the last part of the trip, which takes you up to Zermatt and takes about another hour. The distance is not that far, but going up to Zermatt um, is a really steep train ride. And as I mentioned, we already changed our locomotives to be able to do that. In Brick, you could actually get off as well and see another UNESCO World Heritage area, which is the Aletsch Arena with the world famous 
Arledge Glacier, and but you don't see it from the train. And yeah, then you arrive in Zermatt, world famous Zermatt, with the Matterhorn. And uh, after those eight hours, you have traveled through a lot of different Swiss sceneries. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say, um, if you could just choose one, is there a part of the trip that is the most picturesque? Well, I would say it depends a little bit what you, what you expect or what you want to see. I feel, of course, the part between St. Moritz and Coeur is quite impressive. But then again, uh, Overall Pass is just a different area, a region. So it really depends a little bit. And as I already mentioned, going up to Zermatt is also something special because the valley is so narrow, which is not the case in the other, in the other areas. And then, I always, because I get this question quite often, I always think if you uh, have not been there uh, and you don't have any comparison, in the end, it really doesn't matter where you travel uh, because you will be impressed uh, anyway, one way or the other. But I know, for example, that some in some countries, they promote the Landwasserweiabduck quite often. And so people want to travel over this bridge. But I feel, and we already talked about that, uh, we have 291 bridges, so there are other spectacular bridges along the way as well. So if you want to cross over a bridge, it does not necessarily have to be the Landwasser Viaduct. Absolutely. And that's a great point that you make there too about if, if you haven't been to Switzerland before and you've got nothing to compare it by, the whole trip is just going to be spectacular. And, and it's, it's, it's the whole experience too, isn't it? Hopping on in the morning and then hopping off in the evening after traveling yeah, through such a, a beautiful route. So what can our listeners expect on board in, in terms of the services on the, on the train and the different classes and so forth? Well, on board of Glacier Express, we have, have of course, first and second class. And they basically look the same. Um, the only difference between first and second class is the setup, uh, meaning you do have a little bit more space in first class because the configuration is always two seats, an aisle and one seat. And in second class, it's actually two seats and an aisle and another two seats. And we also introduced in 2019 a new class, which is above first class, and it's called excellence class. So Excellence Class is our premium product selling very well. And um, the difference between first, second and Excellence Class is basically that in Excellence Class, food and drink is included in the supplement you need to pay for the seat reservation. We also um, have the possibility to have wheelchairs on board. We even do have a wheelchair accessible bathroom in one of our first-class carriages. And even if you do have a second-class ticket, you would be placed there and you would travel in first class because that's just the only carriage which has this special toilet. So yeah, this is a possibility. But if you are in a wheelchair and you need um, to get on board of the train and you can't walk, you would need to get uh, in touch with the rail service so they can make the proper arrangements. If the wheelchair is just because you can't walk that get that good, then um, you can probably get on board of the train yourself and then back to the wheelchair. But I would always recommend to let the rail service know that there will be a wheelchair with this reservation. Then we do have, I already talked about it as well, real kitchen on board of the train, which is more or less in the middle of the train. And from there, they do food or menu service and drink service to the whole train meaning first, second class, and of course, excellence class. Having said that, 
I would like to mention that you are not forced to drink and eat on board of the train. If you feel like it, like it you can actually go to the next supermarket, buy something there, uh, like fla uh, a bottle of wine and some cheese or whatever it is, and bring it on board of the train. You are not forced to order something there. Most people who want who a little bit on a budget usually bring some drinks. Uh, bring some snacks and order drinks um, and uh, that's it. But you can even bring your own drink and you can bring your alcohol if you feel like that. And one thing you didn't mention there about excellence class, you, you mentioned that the food service is is included, but I think you should tell everyone how many courses that actually is. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not only that the food service is included. It is a six-course menu, which is included in the service as well. Plus fitting wines to each service, meaning also the wine or if you prefer beer is included in the service. Six courses are basically when you get on board of the train, you get like a little starter or get, get some starters and a glass of champagne. And then in summertime, it's salad and in wintertime, it's soup. That's the next course. Then there is uh, usually a cold course, which might or usually is trout. Then there is the main course, which is steak. Then there is chocolate cake as a dessert. And after chocolate, there is um, a cheese plate. And then you're done with your lunch. But at around four o'clock, they also have a tea time service. So this kind of rounds up your day. And your last course is the tea time course or the tea time, which is all included in the price. But I mean, Caroline, when we're talking about that, prices are a little bit different, but we get to that, I think, a little later on. So I will mention the prices for excellence class there. Wonderful. It certainly sounds like you would not get off excellence class feeling hungry. And usually <laughs> you're also a little bit tipsy, I have to say. <laughs> Because, I mean, every meal, even if it's only a small glass, comes with a glass of wine. So, and you can get more wine if it's not enough for you. So, yeah, if you arrive at one of the two starting points, yeah, you usually feel really good. And uh, we usually have very pleased customers. So, yeah, that's, the, that's something which is happening as well. Wonderful. So you kind of touched on this before when you said that when the train goes from St. Moritz to Hur, that um, there the the direction changes. But I was going to ask you, is, is there a best side of the train to sit on? So let's say if someone was travelling from St. Moritz to Zermatt, should they try, if possible, to sit on, on a particular side of the train? Because of, especially from St. Moritz to Kur, the train is turning uh, all the time. So it's going down with turns and tunnels and what you have it. So the side is changing all the time as well. The next part where this is happening is from the overall pass down to Andermatt. But from Andermatt, it's more or less straight onward. And um, as the carriages are having those overhead windows, I don't feel there is a good or a bad side, to be quite honest, because when I think about it, there's usually the train is in the middle of a valley. And yes, on the right hand side, you see different mountains than on the right uh, left hand side, but still you see the mountains. Uh, so I don't feel that there is a, a good side where you should try to sit on. No, I don't think so. 
Okay, well, that, that's great to know. So let's talk about the tickets. For starters, let's just talk about the individual tickets. If, if someone doesn't have a travel pass and they're just going to buy a ticket for, uh, for, the, for their journey on the Glacier Express, how far in advance can they buy that ticket? I would like to emphasize that it's not the ticket, tickets which are the problem. The problem is, this, well, not the problem, but the bigger issue is the seat reservation. So in all of Switzerland, if you are an individual traveler and you just want to buy your tickets and your seat reservations for Glacier Express, the seat reservation can be done three months prior to travel date for individual travelers. The tickets, which are usually not an issue at all, can only be bought two months prior to the travel date. So what you want to do is make sure that you get your seat reservation and don't worry about the tickets. You will get some tickets, whatever it is in the end. The ticket is not the issue. The seats are the issue because the Glacier Express is still in very high demand. And as we expect that the Asian markets are coming back stronger this year, this will not really help <laughs> when it comes to uh, available seats. So you're you're suggesting that people try and book their seat reservations as early as they can, so three months yep. in advance if, if yep. possible. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And they do that on the Glacier Express website? They can do it on the Glacier Express website. They can actually also call the rail service, which is the reservation team. They can do it when they are already in the country at any SPB station. They also make the reservation. I would never recommend to get to the train and try to find empty seats and try to get on, on board of the train because you are, for some reason, already in St. Moritz or Zermatt uh, or somewhere in between. This is usually not working. But to make the reservation, I would recommend the website, which is probably the easiest way to do it. What you would need as well is a credit card because you need to pay right away for the mandatory supplement. Plus, we also need to get your personal data, like name and birth date. Um, if, we, if you put that into the system and everything is okay, and you can actually choose when you go on to the website, your seat with a seat plan, you get the confirmation and that's it for the moment. So yeah, you have everything printed out for your trip. And that's what I rec- would recommend. Go on the website of Glacier Express, which is www.glacierexpress.ch and that's it. Okay. And so if they, uh, the travellers just need to print out that seat reservation and show that to the conductor on, on board? I recommend to print it out for some totally different reason. We don't have a Wi-Fi or internet accessibility all the time on board of the train. So if the conductor shows up and uh, you are in a so-called uh, hole, Funklo, mm-hmm. we call it in German, uh, then you can't get, uh, unless you have a screenshot or something, you can't get it from your phone. And this is why I always recommend print this stuff out. Uh, you're on the safer side. So for people that are traveling with a Swiss travel pass, I just want to um, let them know what's required. So the Swiss travel pass covers the actual journey on the Glacier Express, but they also need to purchase a seat reservation. Is that correct? That's correct. Meaning if you have Swiss travel pass, you just need to pay for the seat reservation, which makes the right if you really do the whole stretch kind of not so expensive. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay, so can you tell us then what those seat reservation fees are for the different classes? 
I will. I just want to mention something else in this regard. If for some reason you have a first, second class Swiss travel pass and you want to travel in first class, this is actually possible. You would pay the difference for the ticket on board of the train or before you leave at one of the SB train stations. You can do that. So you are not really bound to your second class to travel on board of Glacier Express in second class. And the same applies if you have second class ticket and you want to go on excellence class, same works there as well. So you can actually travel on excellence class. The supplements we were talking about um, for the reservation, we do have two seasons, which is winter and summer season. The winter season is from mid-December to mid of April. There we do have a supplement for the whole journey or the longer part of the journey of 39 Swiss francs. In summertime, which is the rest of the season, the supplement is 49 Swiss francs. We also do have a couple of stretches which are looked at or called short journeys. There, the supplement is like 10 Swiss francs less. So in wintertime, for example, that would be the stretch between St. Moritz and Coeur. And then for this so-called short journey, you would pay in winter 29 Swiss francs and in summer 39 Swiss francs. I was already mentioning excellence class. And here comes the reason why not everybody's booking that. So the supplement for excellence class, and you can only book it between St. Moritz and Sermat or the other the way around is 474.70 Swiss francs. And again, it's, it includes a lot of services, but it's, it's probably not for everybody. But if you do have a Swiss travel pass, that would just be what you need to pay um, when you want to travel on excellence class. And the Swiss travel pass should be first class. Wonderful. Well, that's that's a bucket list of mine. As you know, I did a short section of the Glacier Express last year from Andermatt to Zermatt. But yep, the uh, the excellence class that's that's definitely a dream. That one one day. Yes. Well, let me know. <laughs> <laughs> one day. Okay. So it's an eight hour journey. Do many people take their children on board? And and do you think it's it's suitable for kids? Well, it depends, of course. I think on the age of the kid, and it also depends how easily they travel. If they're really active and want to run around and uh, yeah, explore places and whatever it is, I would really not recommend it. Because if the train is really full, first of all, it's hard to walk just from one carriage to the next one because there is also luggage everywhere and the people everywhere. And it's not something a child, I feel, with like, let's say, four or five years would enjoy. But if you have a child which is 10, 11, uh, and it, which is happy to also probably play sometime with the with the cell phone or whatever it is, or to have an um, iPad or whatever it is, then I think, yes, it would work. But again, take into consideration that it's... Uh, if you do the whole journey, it's an eight-hour train ride and a child might not be so impressed by all the changing scenery. If you know your child can sit still for a couple of hours, yes, okay. But if you know that's not a good idea, you don't enjoy the ride as well. So I would not bring the child or the children then. Okay. And do children get a discount? Yes. And uh, there's actually a discount for children the age of 6 to 16, which pay half for the ticket, but, but they all pay full for the supplement. So the ticket price is between St. Moritz and Zermatt. 
uh, roughly 180 Swiss francs second class, and the supplement would be uh, in high seasons 49 Swiss francs. So they would pay 90 for the child plus the supplement uh, of 49 Swiss francs. Uh, we do have, I mean, yeah, uh, this is something I wanted to mention as well. Sometimes you have not really groups, but let's say. Uh, the grandparents traveling together with their children and with their children. And when you uh, end up having more than 10 passengers in your group, uh, then you are looked at as a group. And then the price reduction is becoming even more interesting because for groups, 10 people or more, the reduction on the ticket price is actually 30%. So instead of paying the 180, you get a 30% reduction. So you're also now down more or less to 120. And the child rate, the child age goes up to 24. So if you have older um, or youngsters within your group, when they are younger than 25, 24 is the cut, then they also get the 50% child reduction for the ticket which makes it quite interesting, I think, as a group. And we should also probably mention there too that if it's, if it's just a family, say it's mum and dad and, and two children, and the parents are travelling with the Swiss travel pass, the children travel free if, if they have the Swiss family card, so they would only need to pay the seat reservation fees there exactly. as well. Exactly, yeah, yeah. Good that you mentioned that. I was not thinking about that. Yes, but that's right. Yeah, good. Okay, so luggage space. A lot of people use the Glacier Express to, you know, to travel from A to B and and, that, and then continue on their journey from there. So if they're traveling with their luggage, is there much space for storing it on board? Good that we mentioned that. And I know, especially when you're coming from Australia or New Zealand or wherever it is, you have a lot of luggage because you usually stay not only two nights. We right now do have a problem with luggage because people tend to bring, I don't know, three or four suitcases. And then, yes, we run into problems. But generally spoken, there is a luggage storing area when you enter the carriage on your right and left hand side. So, yes, there is space available. There is also additional space between the seats or under the seats as well. But if you're really traveling with uh, three or four suitcases, Per person, I'm talking not about for a family. I mean, then everybody has one suitcase. You also need to know that we don't have help when it comes to luggage storage, meaning it's up to you to get all the luggage on board and then find space to, to, to um, store it. The conductor will help you if it's really too much, but um, we have not a lot of space for luggage on board of Glacier Express. Uh, and is there a, a luggage transport service that people can take advantage of? There is the possibility to have your luggage brought from one hotel to the next one within a day. So that's what I would recommend if you really have a lot of things to carry with you. Use that and uh, have the luggage brought from St. Moritz Zermatt uh, so you don't have to carry, uh, to carry it. Don't worry about it and just bring a day back, back and then, then you're good. And uh, yeah, that's probably the best way to do it. That sounds like a good idea. How many services of the Glacier Express operate? each day in, in each direction? We do have in wintertime service, one service in each direction. Wintertime again is till mid of April. Then in mid of April, it changes and we go up to two trains per direction every day. And then around May, we increase the number of trains operated to actually four per direction 
Whereas I have to say that two of those four trains are not going the whole stretch, going only part of it, but they cover the stretch between St. Moritz and Brick. And then the other direction is Zermatt to Kur, which is what um, a couple of people do because they want to get off uh, at Brick or Kur and then travel on to other parts of Switzerland uh, and not doing the whole stretch. If you do the whole stretch, you have basically three services every day doing that. I also want to mention that Excellence Class, which only has 20 seats, is one carriage, is only operated once a day with one carriage each direction. So if you look for uh, having a seat there, and I forgot to mention, Excellence Class can book all year round. So if you plan to do travel on Excellence Class, you can book it now for, let's say, next year or this year, September. It's absolutely possible. Excellence Class is bookable all year round. Okay. Oh, that's that's great to know. Yeah, I forgot to mention that. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that's okay. We know now, so that's great. That we'll definitely definitely keep that in mind. Is it possible to to break the journey? So I, I know you've talked about before about people maybe getting off at Andermatt and, and going uh, to, to other places in in Switzerland. So just p- traveling part of the distance on the Glacier Express. But if they wanted to say stop there overnight and then resume their Glacier Express journey the next day, is that possible? And and how would that work? From let's say if they're buying an individual ticket, can they buy the through ticket or do they have to buy two separate tickets? No, they could buy the through tickets, um, whereas when you do buy, buy two separate tickets, should be the same price. So that does not influence your stopping or not. What does influence it is the fact that if you break the journey, you need to have another seat reservation for the next day. And this means you pay the seat reserva- reservation fee twice. And depending on your budget and what you really want to do, I mean, thinking of Andermatt, there is no through train to St. Moritz. That is true. But you could take a regular train the next day and change in Coeur to St. Moritz. And for Zermatt, it's actually a through train. It takes, it takes also a while because it stops basically at every village along the way. But, um, in regards to luggage and everything, you could take a train from Andermatt all the way through to Zermatt, which is not a Glacier Express, but runs obviously on the same tracks. And does the Glacier Express run all year round? It runs more or less all year round. We do have a break mid of October till beginning of December in which we use for construction work. We use it for maintenance work. Um, and in former times, it was actually the season where there we did not have a lot of demand. It changed a lot in the last couple of years, but we still have this, this break, which we need um, for as I said, maintenance and mostly because of construction work, which needs to be done before the first snow falls. And this is the window we do have to do that. Okay, great. Now, if someone is staying perhaps, say, in in Zurich or Lucerne or Interlaken and they don't have time in their itinerary to do the whole section or the whole journey from St. Moritz to Zermatt or in reverse, can they just do a part of the journey and 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 what would be the easiest place to start from, from those locations? Well, if you are in Zurich, um, it, it can be done from all three locations. It's going to be a long day, but it can be done. Um, when we think Zurich, it would be either going to Kur and then further on to Brick and get off there 
which is basically um, like a four, four and a half hour journey on board of Glacier Express. But you do have the Rhine Gorge and the Oval Pass included. And then back to Zurich. The trip from Kur to Zurich is about one and a half hour. And from Zurich to Brick is about two hours. And then the in-between part I was talking about. But that's absolutely doable. If you start from Interlaken or from Lucerne, Interlaken would work with Brick as well. And then either traveling all the way to Andermatt, which is looked at as a short journey. So the supplement would be less. And from Andermatt, then going back to the central part of Switzerland. Same applies for Lucerne, but you could also do it the other way around. You could get from Lucerne to Andermatt, travel to Brick or Kur works both, and then go back to Lucerne uh, and uh, spend your, your night there. But again, it takes a, a little bit of time and uh, the day is quite long, but yes, you can do day trips from all three locations. Okay, well, that's great because obviously sometimes people are in Switzerland and they're desperate to do um, a ride on the Glacier Express, but they can't fit in the whole journey. So knowing that they can fit in at least a section of it is great. Thank you, Garby. That's been really helpful. And I'm sure everyone listening is really keen now to book and, and have a ride on the Glacier Express. Is there anything else that we should know about the journey before I let you go? I mentioned more or less everything already, which I put here in my notes. The only thing I did not mention, uh, yeah, and probably want to emphasize that, we did a refurbishment of the whole train, meaning first and second class are now really up to date. And uh, the blueprint for first and second class was actually excellence class. So all three classes have, we call it alpine chic have now a lot of wood inside of the carriages, have a lot of local stone actually inside of the carriages and look totally different from what you might know when you have been on the train a couple of years uh, before. So I highly recommend to repeat this journey, of course, because now um, the interior is really nice. And um, although I should not mention that, I do it anyway, do have now windows which can be opened and for photographers, you get really nice or good pictures without this mirror effect on the windows. And one of the bigger windows we do have is actually in the bar carriage in the middle of the train and it's on both sides. So um, those can be open and uh, also at the doors when you get on board of the train, those windows can be opened as well. Oh, wonderful. That's great to know. And I'm, I'm sure all the photographers will be happy to hear that. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Thank you very much, Gabby, for taking the time to chat to us today. I'll include a link in the show notes for the Glacier Express website so people can find more information if they need it and also to book those all-important seat reservations. Yeah, and book it as early as you know your date. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Bye. Bye. Is a ride on the Glacier Express going to be a part of your Switzerland itinerary? It's certainly a journey you'll never forget. But do take Gabby's advice and make those seat reservations as early as you can, as it would be so disappointing to miss out. As she mentioned, seat reservation bookings open three months in advance for first and second class seats, and excellence class seats can be booked anytime. But with only 20 excellence class seats available per day in each direction, the sooner you reserve these, the better. I'll include a link in the show notes to the Glacier Express website so you can go ahead and make your seat reservations. 
And if you'd like step-by-step instructions on how to make the reservations, there's a detailed guide on our website which takes you through the process. That link will also be in the show notes, which you can find at holidaystoswitzerland.com forward slash episode 64. There are lots more helpful and interesting episodes coming your way in 2023. So make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. And if there's a particular destination or a topic about visiting Switzerland that you'd love to know more about, do let us know. You can reach out to us via email at hello at holidaystoswitzerland.com. Until next time, tschüss. If you'd like more great resources to help you plan your dream trip to Switzerland, there are lots of ways to connect with us. Visit our website, holidaystoswitzerland.com, sign up for our monthly newsletter, or join our friendly, helpful community of past and future travellers in our Switzerland travel planning group. You'll also find the links to connect with us in the show notes for this episode. Show notes and a list of all previous episodes are available at holidaystoswitzerland.com slash podcast. Don't miss out on your fortnightly dose of Swiss travel inspo. Hit the subscribe button on your favorite podcast app so you never miss an episode. And if you enjoyed the show, please leave a rating. That's all for this edition of the Holidays to Switzerland Travel Podcast. Thanks for joining us and happy travel planning.